So without further ado, we are going to get into Vision Sunday. And what this is and why we do it is we, we like to every year recall what has God has done and also to cast vision specifically for this coming year and to see what God is doing in and through us. And so the flow of today is is going to be different than a normal Sunday where I normally open up or whoever's teaching opens up to a certain set of scripture and teaches that scripture and applies it. Um, it's going to be a bit different. And really, it's kind of a, a family Sunday, right? Recalling what God's done and telling a bit of story and uh, looking forward to what God is doing. So here's how we're just going to kind of move through the next 30 minutes or so. The first part is where we've been. To briefly recall our story. Also, a bit of who we are, um, like what, what's important to us and what we value. We are going to do like a five or six part missions, vision, value kind of thing coming up after Easter, May and uh, April and May. And so there's going to be a lot more of like what's important to us and our core values, but at least we're going to briefly get into that. And then we're going to end by just sharing um, what God's doing, casting vision for what I firmly believe is going to be the best and most fruitful season in our church yet. And so um, there's probably going to be a lot here. Um, I don't mean to fire hose it, but I'm just, there's a lot that God's doing and going on. And I'm going to trust that the Lord uses it. You can always follow up with me and there's more to come and it's not just a one-off. But let me pray for our time and we're going to get into it. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this beautiful community. Even just thinking of Ohana group leaders and small groups and equip classes and kids' church and youth and this building. I mean, it, the list goes on in the ways that you're moving. Despite the difficulty, despite the, the times, we're thankful for what you're doing. And I just pray God today would be encouraging. I pray that it would be um, exciting I pray that you would help us to really understand what you're doing and get, a, get involved, get committed to what you're doing um, in and through this church. Um, pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you go on our website, which you should because sign up for our Hana group, if you go on our website, right at the beginning, it says, A community following Jesus, seeking renewal in the land. That's us. That's who we are. If you're going to boil down who we are, that's us. We're going to talk about that. But first, I want to go back to the beginning um, and give some context to this. Um, if you didn't know, um, the woman leading worship is my wife, beautiful wife, talented wife, Zoe. Uh, we are not from here, if you could tell. Um, we grew up in California, and we were part of the reality family of churches. Um, reality started 2003, almost 20 years ago, in a little beach town called Carpinteria, just south of Santa Barbara, about an hour and a half north of L.A., if you're familiar with um, that area. That's where we grew up. We were involved with ministry. I was a pastor on staff, and we were involved with so many things for about a decade. Worship, youth ministry, and since then, when we were, we're the, we're the the newest reality church plant, but there's been 10 church plants or so prior. 
And we got to be a part of seeing God grow his church from this little beach town to uh, all across the mainland into Europe, planting churches and seeing like the gospel go forth, like in our context. Incredible move of the Lord, and we got to be a part of it, be a part of all those church plants. And as, as messy and complicated as the church can be, uh, man, it's been beautiful to see how God uses the church as the I believe the greatest vehicle for discipleship in the world, seeing um, people called to go out and starting churches and people get saved and discipled and become more like Jesus. And it's been this incredible story that my wife and I have been involved in. And it's actually been almost 10 years ago now, 2012, actually that is 10 years ago, that we felt God was calling us away from Carpinteria, where we kind of born and raised and grew up, and instead of just going out and planting all these churches and coming back, we were called to go and leave our homes and to move to Hawaii to start a church. Um, we, don't, we don't have like any uh, um, connections, I would say, to Hawaii. It's not like we grew up here or came because we have family or came a lot on vacation or, or whatever. For us, it was pretty left field. It was very prophetic in nature. I mean, in those years, 2012, 2013, 2014, through dreams, through visions, through prophetic words, through answered prayers, like all of a sudden, it was very clear that we were supposed to move. Um, at the time, our kids were nine months, nine month old Liam and three year old Eva. Uh, we packed up and said goodbye to everyone and got sent out by the Reality Family, to plant Reality Honolulu. That was back in 2017. We just kind of celebrated five years of living here. And uh, just in October, we celebrated four years as a church. But that's kind of literally 10 years in a nutshell. We're a church plant by the Reality Family. And my wife and I and, and several of you heeded the call to move, to start this new work, and really join in what God's already been doing here in this beautiful place called Hawaii for centuries now. But seeing him move, and we heeded the call, and we're here. And in that time, over the last 10 years or so, we felt that this church, that this community, this faith family, what we've, what the, some of the things that we've felt that this is supposed to be is a rich community for all ages. That we would be a church that our kids can, can grow up in, that we're very family-oriented, that we really are, like we do life together in community and, and bear each other's burdens, and that all that we do in any large gatherings, small gatherings, whatever it is, we've always felt and our prayer has always been that we would always experience, always experience the person, power, and presence of Jesus. Wherever we meet, however we meet, however big, however small, our prayer has always been we want this to be about you, God. We want you to be at the center and we want to experience the person, the presence, and the power of Jesus. Something that's also been very exciting and, and that we're mindful of is, as you all know, is the, the, the beauty of the diversity 
in this place, ethnically and culturally here in Hawaii. And what we've always prayed and felt like God would do is that we desired that reality Honolulu would be a picture of heaven on earth. That every tongue and tribe and nation would be able to worship together in one place. This would be a multicultural, multi-ethnic church. That we would see God move amongst our differences. That we would be united under one Lord. We always felt and hoped that we'd be involved in, in seeing healing and reconciliation come to the places that would hinder that. Even moving here, I met with many pastors and I said, hey, I would love if this would be a place where regardless of who you are and where you are and what you look like, this would be a place where we can all worship together. And they said, good luck. Can't happen. But we believe that God would have this be this multicultural, multi-ethnic family of all ages and that we'd be involved with, with, with breaking down the barriers that would hinder that. What's so beautiful is that up to this point, God has done so much of this and more. Again, I'm like abridging so much of it. But over the last four years, right, two years was pre-COVID and two years has been in COVID. Um, God has moved and sustained us and provided and made us this community following Jesus. And I'll be honest, the last two years in COVID have not been easy. They have been the hardest two years of my personal life to lead a church in. I think every pastor on the planet would do that, would say that. Right, navigating and speaking into everything going on into the world and, and fighting for the vision that we feel like God has placed upon us. But despite the loss and the hardships over the last two years, and really maybe how different we are now as a church and who is coming. Despite all that, God has been so faithful to do the things that even 10 years ago he said that he would do. And I really believe that the best is yet to come in this rebuilding, set, this rebuilding season. But going back to who we are. First, we are a community around Jesus. Very simply, we're all about Jesus and following him. He's our senior pastor. He's our leader. This is his church. Not my church. Not Risen Zoe's church. It's not reality's church. This is God's church. And we're trying to be faithful to have him move and lead and guide us how he sees fit. We really do desire for this to be a local expression a family where we do life together and there's friendships and even example of Ohana groups that, that we would be so much more than a church you attend or, or watch a video or just go to two times a month and hear a sermon. But that we would be a family that bears each other's burdens and does life together and encourages each other and prays for one another. We're a community that are students of God's word. We desire to know and apprentice Jesus, to do what he did and what he said and, and follow in his footsteps. Right? We desire to be a church that's transformed by the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit to see God's kingdom come in the world. 
Again, all of what I just said is going to be broken into a five-part series. So, like, don't worry. Just keep coming. You'll hear it. But at the end of the day, what we desire to be as a church is we want to be a community, an ohana, a faith family, marked by the power, person, and presence of Jesus. And what God's done, a huge part of this, a community following Jesus, which ties into the second part of who we are is renewal in the land, is partnership with the principal of this school. If you haven't been around, you might not even know this, but the principal of Princess Ruth K.A. Likolani Middle School, which it was just officially renamed to from Central. Thank you for the reminder, Audrey. He was the principal at our first home, Ali Olani Elementary School in Kaimuki. And this partnership has been incredible. God has used Principal Joe Passantino, that some of you may know. He's come here, he's spoke, he's he's shared, he's thanked us as a church. But God has opened so many doors because he said yes to us. Part of our story, if you don't know it, is that when we were just starting a church, right, it was me going around to elementary schools asking if we could meet there. 20 out of 20 that I went to said no for various reasons. Some good reasons, some bad reasons. Principal Joe gave us a chance and it ended up giving us a home at Leolani. And during COVID, he got moved here. And through, and that's a whole other story, but through much prayer, we felt like we were, supposed to, uh, we were supposed to follow and be called to serve the school and this community. And God was moving us from Kaimuki to downtown to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this place. So if Ali Olani was our first house, Ke'e Likolani Middle School has become a home that we believe that God would have us, Lord willing, for a long time. That we would set down roots here and be a church invested in this school and this community, which brings us to the second part of how we feel called to the renewal of this place. And what that means and how that specifically ties into the vision for this year. Seeking renewal in the land. What we mean by that, what I mean by that, is that we believe and that we want to see and be a part of God's kingdom, redeeming and renewing all of us and this world holistically. Meaning we believe and want to be a part of God working in all the broken places in this world. Where are the broken places? They're everywhere. But we know that God cares deeply about them all. God cares deeply about them all, and we have and we want to be involved in a lot of it. We want to be a part of stepping into the broken places and with God see him help to use us to bring healing to these places. And what I mean by that is obviously, first and foremost, spiritually. We want every man, woman, and child of every tongue, tribe, and nation to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They'd be saved and be forgiven of their sins and be redeemed and 
know what they were designed and created to be, and they would be once again united with their creator God. We want to see God move and heal and renew spiritually. But we also know that God has made us emotional, mental, and physical beings. And that God cares deeply about us emotionally and mentally. And we want to, we want to step into that. And we want to talk about emotional health and mental health. And we want to, get, we want to provide resources and classes and, 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 and help and, and normalize this. He wants God to, to move and bring healing and restoration with our emotions and with our mind. We also care about, like, people's physical well-being. Do they have clothing? Do they have food? Do they have shelter? Like, we care because God cares. God cares about all that, and as Christians and as a church, we should too. A set of verses that have several times over the last 10 years been given to us in very prophetic ways of like how God would have us be used, how it's guided us and shaped us. I mean, honestly, guys, about every year I'm reminded and then I forget and then God reminds me again, like by an email, by a prayer meeting. By someone back in California and said, hey, I'm looking at my old journal in this prayer meeting and God gave me this section of scripture. And I'm like, over and over for the last 10 years, it's been very clear. This, this, this section, section of scripture, um, God's not letting us forget it and we believe that it's a part of who we're supposed to live into being. And it's Isaiah 58, 6 through 12. Um, have it on the screen. And... Um, believe this is the type of things that God wants us to live into as a church when it comes to renewal. It says this, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind them. Share your food, excuse me, um, share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Verse 10. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noon day. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which you dwell. 
looking forward as a church, we want to be all about bringing the power, presence, and person of Jesus to serve the oppressed, the marginalized, the hungry, those without, and those that are in need. We want to be about these things. Not just say it, but do it. A strong desire for us as a church is to become an empathetic and compassionate church. That's something we can say, but it's actually really hard to do, and the last two years have proven that. We want to be a church that really listens and learns and steps into the shoes of those around us that are different from us. We want to grow in that ability. One of the examples of this over the last two years, which we've, which we've talked about, which we've dug into a bit, one of the examples of this is when it comes to indigenous or native Hawaiian areas or other types of racial healing and re racial reconciliation. In the past, we've pressed in, we've talked about these things, and it's been hard. It's been uncomfortable. And to be honest, it hasn't been for everyone. But also, it's been really good for us that have stayed with it. To listen and learn and grow, it's been good for all of us. We want to grow in this, to mourn with those who mourn and pray for God's kingdom to come in the broken places. The places that maybe people would say, no, 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 Riz, you're not supposed to talk about that in church. I said, no, it's, it's a broken place, and I believe that God can bring healing and restoration, and the church can be a source of healing and not more pain. I want to be that. Maybe uncomfortable, maybe hard, but we want to strive to grow as an empathetic and compassionate church to learn and listen specifically in the areas uh, where, there, where, we're, where there's differences. That's one part of, of really what we feel called to do. But also on a very tangible level, we, be, we believe, I, I believe, church, that God wants us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, meeting the needs of the most vulnerable and marginalized here, like at this school, in this community, with its family and with its kids. If you did not know, um, this school, at least the recent ranking, is Number 180 out of 180 in the state for lowest test scores. Lowest resources. The, the kids, the students, they're on 100% government assistance when it comes to food. 100%. Aliolani was like 20% of the kids needed help getting lunch. Here, 100%. 60% of the students here are Micronesian. Uh, many are, have English as a second language. They come here in middle school and they do not know how to read and they're entering sixth grade. With that, there's a lot of complex cultural things to navigate. So many of these families are low income, struggle with food insecurity. Again, it's the lowest in the state with the highest need. It is not a coincidence that we as a church are here. I'm telling you right now, 
Because unfortunately, the school with the highest need is also ends up being maybe most under-resourced. And what this looks like tangibly this year, and a, a huge part of this vision, is that we as a church want to love this school and this community. Like we want to, we believe that this is way more than just renting this space on Sundays. This is a partnership and that we are called to love and support them however we can. Um, if you guys didn't know, there's, you guys are already, like since we moved here, jumping in and helping in, in a lot of different ways. One of those is uh, Chess Club Mondays, Derek, Manny, Dez, Ryan, Jackson, Trisha. You guys just started a chess club. You guys know middle school? What's the worst thing you can do in middle school? Give them free time. Away from parents. Mondays, they started a chess club and there's tournaments against, you know, the neighbor middle school. And you guys just did that. Also, soccer Wednesdays. Pasquale, Jackson, Zach. I like soccer, so I'm there Wednesdays too. If you guys notice, if you guys, the first thing I did when I came here, I was like, where's all the fun? No, seriously, where's all the fun? Middle school? And the kids are already like having trouble getting to school? It's like, well, because there's no fun. Like, there's, where's the soccer field? Where's the, like one basketball court? Okay, where, where's the fun? Where's these programs? But again, there's all these things that have just started. And that even, there's so much more that is needed. Like, if, if you are into volleyball, you're needed. Like, that is the number one thing right now that we want to start. So come talk to me after. Honestly, there's all these ways that God is already using you guys to minister and care for. If you're a tutor, we need you. You name it. What's your skill? There's a need. What are you into? There's a need. We believe that we're called to, like, with our time, talent, and treasure, be involved with loving these kids. Also, church, uh, we are committed to financially helping this school where we can. I'll just be open book, honest about money right now for a second. It's good. It's okay. Normalize it. It's not weird to talk about money in church. I mean, it can be, but it's not supposed to be. So we pay rent to meet here, and it ends up being about $500 a Sunday. So we pay in about six-month increments. We have a six-month use of facilities. So it's about $10,000 we pay every six months. Um, we happily do that. This is an incredible home. But um, our board of trustees has also seen the value in investing into the school. And there's so much need and there's so much lack of funds that on top of our $10,000 we just paid, we've committed to another $15,000 over the next six months to come alongside really however Principal Joe and the Vice Principal and the Counselor and um, the community liaison with the Micronesian community. How can we best serve the school? We want to commit that to you and just be a church that supports whatever you need. Um, guys, that's because of your generosity. You've partnered. That is like one part of you partnering in seeing God's kingdom come. And like an example of this would be like this Friday night. Principal Joe texts me. Yes, we're on a text basis. Yes. Um, 
And he knows this. We've shared with him our desire to come alongside and to help resource them financially. And he asks for, hey, is it cool if we spend this money this way? Um, are you cool with that? And I said, hey, man, that is board-approved funds uh, up to your discretion. So, yes, you need $6,000 for that thing coming up. Go for it. And he said, like, in caps, like, you guys are a godsend. Like, you, we could not do what we need to do to help these kids and their families if it was not for you. Again, this is part of what we, want to, we see God doing. There's so much I could talk about, but I'm going to try to rail us in a little bit. In addition to financial resources and school initiatives like soccer and chess and volleyball and tutoring and all that stuff that is to come, knowing the needs of this school and this area, uh, you've heard us talk about it a lot and a lot of you guys have already been a part of it, but we do feel called to start a community garden and food pantry. Um, We've had a couple work days back there. Audrey just announced we have another one, February 5th. We could use your help. But um, Joe, he, he loves us, Principal Joe. He's, we've been with him for several years now, and we have this relationship built that he uh, trusts us. And so I got here, and I saw, and I heard, met with a counselor, Met, met with the Micronesian community liaison, met with the vice principal, principal, several times now over the last year, and realized that, okay, number one is food insecurity. That's it. A lot of these kids literally come to school. They, they, this is the only meals they have is, is here. Um, and so the beauty of the school is there's a lot of extra room, and so we've been entrusted with a piece of land and... Uh, part of a building to make into a food pantry, community garden, like that we can, as a church, serve our community. And the desire there is there's 350 middle schoolers that come to this school. Again, all of them are in need of food. But talking to um, the community liaison, the number of households, the number of people in households that these kids go back to is more upwards of 2,500. Specifically, Micronesian families, uh, 7 to 10 is a normal number for a size of family under one roof. And so 350 kids roughly represents 2,500 people in need. That is who we want to help feed. That's the goal. That's the dream. God is already, um, uh, how can I say this? More favor, more open doors. When we reached out to organizations like the Food Bank and Aloha Harvest and other nonprofits, they were jumping with joy at the fact that we were setting up a distribution center here in downtown that is the most, most needed place in the island. The DOE has also seen value in this, and we just received a $30,000 grant to build out the cold storage. And just this last week, if you follow me personally on Instagram, I walked through showing you that the electrical portion, $10,000 of electrical, went into the room, and I think just this next week, we're getting $20,000 of refrigerators to be our cold storage, so that we, Aloha Harvest can come and give us food, and we have a whole container that 
food bank's going to get food, and we have a whole garden that we need you to help us garden to give away fresh, organic produce. Amen. Again, this is a huge way we feel called in this season that God's like, has us here. And so the plan going forward is to continue to build out this infrastructure and then to start up monthly food distributions. But the desire is obviously to do it weekly. And I don't mean to do this in a weird way, but it actually depends on like how many of you want to be involved in this is how often we can do this, because it just mostly takes humans. Humans. So part of Vision Sunday is for you to take some of this and to pray about, like, how you would want to be involved. But again, I, I, I told you today, uh, hopefully it would be encouraging, because even in the midst of all that's going on in cases, and like, God is on the move. He really is. And again, the reason why we're doing this, the reason why we're giving money and starting school initiatives and a community garden and food pantry is we're doing this because we want to live into Isaiah's instructions. What true fasting and true worship is unto the Lord, what God has prophetically spoken to us for 10 years. I mean, now that I just pitched you the food pantry and community garden, go back to Isaiah real quick. How many times does it say, like, give yourself to feeding the hungry? Specifically, Verse 10. I just got to go back for a second. Isaiah 58, 10. And if you spend yourselves, like give yourselves, on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. So many good. I could talk forever, but I got to reel it in. Right? We do this. We do all this. All this vision and all these projects and all these things we're working on and asking you to be involved in is because we want to meet, we want to meet the most in need where they're at. Feeding those without. Clothing those that do not have. Serving the oppressed, marginalized, and most vulnerable in our city. In this land. God has moved us right where that is. It's not like we're still a church in Kaimuki, which I love Kaimuki. God bless it. But God has said, mm, that's good. I want to bring you right where the greatest need is. But what motivates us more than even Isaiah's instructions is the love of Christ. Right? We do anything. The reason why we do any of this is because we, Christ first loved us. 1 John 4, 19. The reason why we love others and give ourselves to others is because Christ gave his life for us. And we are motivated by his sacrifice and the testimony of his love upon the cross. Christ, if you did that for us, we'll do that for our neighbor. So here's the takeaway. Here's my hope and my prayer in hearing all this. Is that if you feel called for this to be your church, this is, this is your church. If you call this your church, that I want to invite you to commit yourself to Christ, this community, and this work. That to not just merely come and merely attend, but actively be cultivating relationships and be involved with prayerfully getting involved with, 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 with part of this. What part 
would God have you be a part of? And my hope and prayer is that we together would be a community together, a family, joining and partnering with Christ to see his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. God, thank you that you are God and that we're not. This is not us. This is not our doing. We believe that this is your church and this is your doing and we just want to be faithful to obey and to follow where you're taking us. And God, I just pray that you would help... Um, <laughs> uh, my, my words, have, that were, they were, if they were clear, I pray that they would be. I pray that it would be really clear of who you are and where you've taken us and where we're going. And I just pray, Lord, that we would... Um, commit to you and what you're doing and that we individually and corporately would give ourselves to those around us for the sake of the gospel. God, would you help us to die to ourselves? Would you help us to give our time and our resources to others in need. We want to be a church that's marked by our love and our generosity and our care for those around us. And God, I do pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to have more capacity to step into broken places that we're uncomfortable with. Or even that the world would say, no, no, don't, don't, don't talk about that. Don't, don't, don't jump into that arena. I pray, Lord, that we as Christians would You'd help us to grow in empathy and compassion. That you would help us to be not only students of your word, but lovers of our neighbor. God, I pray that you would continue to make this church a beautiful representation of your people. God, I pray that this would be a church where everyone from every tongue, tribe, and nation feels comfortable and honored and accepted and cared for and a part of. And that we together as a family would continue to serve you with our whole hearts and our whole being, that we would love you, God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. God, we're excited. We're excited for what you're doing and we just say, God, do it. Do it, Lord. Don't hold back. We want all that you have for us as a church. And God, I just, I just take the reins, Lord. Have your way. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.